Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Draftcast. Coming up tonight, we take a look at yet more teams who have dropped out of the finals race and EDPS runs us through the latest changes in his draft rankings. Plus, we'll give you all the latest goss on Neil Erasmus. What's he been up to? What's he doing? Where is he? All that and more, coming right up. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Draftcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee. Joining me tonight are a pair of very keen draft watchers from the Big Footy Draft and Trading Board. Good evening, PM Bangers and EDPS. Wookie, thanks for having me, and, and as always, a great job with the intro. And, yeah, uh, glad to be uh, back on as well. Sorry, um, back on with PM again, and going to chat about some more bloody footy. What we're here for, mate. Uh, big day since we spoke last, PM Bangers. Uh, uh, you done much today? Oh, it's been a wild 24 hours for me, I'll, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and it, it would take another 24 hours to recall it all, so I don't think that there's time to cover it. Probably been a week or so since we've spoken EDPS. How's, uh, how's things looking at your end? Yeah, just, you know, same old lockdown stuff and watching some replays of the footy. I mean, I mean it'd be nice around this time. I mean, some of the best... Uh, you know, Victorian uh, sides will be going at it with the finals up and running, but uh, we just got to rely on the WA and SA footage, and I mean, at least it's something. That it is. That it is. Now, last night, uh, PM Bangers and Modern Artillery gave us their changes in their draft rankings. I was very disappointed in PM Bangers. He knows why. Uh, but uh, how have things changed for you in the last couple of weeks? Not a lot of wholesale changes. I, I wouldn't say there's been many big changes for my rankings for a few months now, but the uh, two new additions were uh, Jai Amos and Nasiah Wanganin-Malira, who uh, both played really well in the uh, SA and WA game that played just the week previously. And, geez, those two both looked impressive. I mean, we've just been waiting for Amos to really show what he can do against some of the real good sides. I mean, he's only played the Colts level he hasn't played any, you know, reserves or league football in WA. So seeing him play against some pretty good uh, opposition and seeing him play well was really important. And uh, Wanganin Malira, who has been playing some league footy down in South Australia, now he's just been getting better and better as the years gone on. And he's an athletic talent. He's a skillful talent. And uh, both of them have now found homes in my top 15. Cool. And uh, any surprises for you? People you're expecting to do better or do work, like have done worse or...? Uh, I wouldn't say anyone who's done worse. So if anyone's really going down, it's more just picking apart their uh, their game and seeing maybe tiny little flaws in maybe something athletically or some little twitch here and there. But for the most part, I mean, a lot of the players that I've had around my top 20 mark have been there for a little bit and uh, it's only been little minor adjustments here and there. And I wouldn't expect it to change too much unless some player has a really good final series. Okay, you got any thoughts on uh, his changes there, Pam Bangers? I think they're pretty much in line with yours. Yeah, I think um, I think we've got pretty much an identical top twenty in terms of names in there now. I think Ed or EGPS might have um, Josh Fay in there, who I don't have. I'm not sure who I've got instead. But yeah, it's sort of getting to that point in the year where everyone's top twenties start looking sort of very similar for names, and it's just sort of minor changes between actual ranking. 
And uh, EDPS, uh, the guys last night disappointed me somewhat, uh, having demoted in their opinions of uh, at Bigfooty's own Neil Erasmus. How's uh, how's he faring for you? Yeah, I think it's pretty blasphemous that and you know a few have been putting him a bit lower than he really should be. But uh, just to be serious, um, he's one I really like. I mean, as the years gone on, he's really impressed me and. It was unfortunate to see he couldn't get up for the recent WA and SA game because he would have been really important. I mean, he's definitely got a lot of uh, damage in his game. Like, he really hurts the opposition. So, uh, he looks like he might be on track for another WA SA game to be played on grand final week. So, uh, be on the lookout for him to hopefully impress for the last time this year, uh, apart from the combine, of course. Excellent. Now, we're going to move on to a couple of teams that are no longer in the finals uh, contention. And we'll start with West Coast. Now, they finished ninth. Uh, they've delisted Brendan Archie and Mark Hutchings. Uh, Nathan Vardy and Daniel Venables have now retired. The question I've got for you guys is, uh, what do they need now? And who will they end up probably getting? Yeah, so West Coast is... Uh... I think in a, in a funny spot because I still think that they've got a, a good list on paper and maybe if they have a good preseason that they're a decent shot at going for a flag. So I guess that really will affect how they go about it because I think if, if they're resigned to have a couple of years at the bottom, then one of the WA tools around the mark, I think Amos is probably the only one in that first round or top 10 rather contention would be good to look at. Um, but apart from that, it should be midfield, midfield, midfield all the way. So WA have a lot of good midfielders uh, all over the draft. But, you know, in the second round, they've got guys like Josh Brown or um, Angus Sheldrick or James Tunstall that I think they should be looking at a little bit later on. Okay. EDPS, any thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd mostly agree. I mean, this is the first time in a while that they've been able to use a first-round pick as well. And... Uh, Venables was, I'm not sure if he was their last first-round pick. There may be one after, but, I mean, he's just retired. So uh, they really need to start looking for some elite talent at the top end. So uh, they'll, they'll be doing a lot of work on that first-round pick to make sure they get it right. Okay, so we've got some questions here. And I, I guess the question that everyone wants when they're talking about their home state teams, like these interstates, these non-Victorian sides, is do you prioritise local talent uh, ahead of the best available draft pick? Do you take the risk and hope that they don't have that go-home factor two or three years down the track? Or do you just go local straight from the from the word go and then you don't have to worry about that sort of thing? Yeah, it's sort of something that we... Um, I, yeah, I don't know how it started, but we, we sort of inherently link uh, teams to um, players that are, are coming from their own state. So, you know, guys like Erasmus, we love talking about him and, and he's one that will be talked up as a, a potential West Coast pick if he gets out to that region. I've seen Matthew Johnson be suggested, who you know might be a touch too early for him, but he, he's a really good player that could fill that midfield uh, gap or that young midfield gap that they've got. And then, you know, it, it sort of just depends on what they're confident in. I know that, you know, they've got some recruiters based in Victoria, so would they prefer to go with guys that they have seen live in person would be the main question. Well, just, just while we're on that, I just want to digress for a second into the Lockie Neal situation at the moment. Um, like, I mean, how much of an impact is COVID likely to have on these young draftees that, you know, where they take a chance if they go in a state? And, they, yeah. you know, is that a consideration? Yeah, sorry for almost cutting you off there. Um, it, it, 
it's interesting. This year we had more Victorian football, which is a, a tick from last year. So you almost feel safer with the top end Victorians this year than you did last year. And we saw how many Victorians went uh, pretty high up last year. So there's still going to be Victorians that get picked. And I think if you're talking about more guys that maybe don't get picked because there are some worries, then we saw plenty move to sort of South Australia and Western Australia to try and prove themselves as 19-year-olds. All right, so EDPS, one for you. Are West Coast in a position to go for another flag or is it time to just start rebuilding now? Do they give up and just go, okay, we're going to start from scratch? Yeah, there, there's no way that the, the club would give up, especially since they gave up so many draft picks to try and grab uh, Tim Kelly. I mean, that was only very recently. They've got still got some players in the right age bracket as well. I mean, they do need to focus on getting some good uh, young players through the door still, but... In no way should anyone at the club be thinking we've got to rebuild. We've got to, you know, our our shot the flag is done. They've got too many really good players in that right age bracket to just give up on it completely. Okay, and the NGA guys, uh, Ethan Regan and Richard Farmer, uh, what are they like and how are they travelling? Um, yeah, so Eric Benning's a, an interesting one. He's sort of one of those in between height guys. He's sort of that one ninety centimeters at the moment as a forward and. He's got some some really uh, eye-catching tricks. He's, his leap in particular is really impressive. But, you know, there's question marks over, I guess, his defensive application and his ability to string together consistent form, which I think you have with a lot of tall forwards. So um, that wouldn't concern me too much about taking him in the national draft. Uh, I think he, he's probably sort of a 25-plus pick for me. Um, if I had to be more specific, I'd say sort of uh, 40 to 45 is where I see him coming into it. Um, and then I think EDPS has seen more of Farmer than I have, so I'll let him take it from me. Yeah, so Farmer's got got a little bit of speed about him. He, he, he Nice mover and played a little bit forward, a little bit through the midfield and, and at times played a little bit of back for the uh, WA trials as well. So he's a good, smart little player and... Um, he he's one that I, I would I probably wouldn't have as high as Regan, but he's one that I think you, you wouldn't be disappointed to take him with a later pick if not the rookie draft. And is he is he related to other farmers from WA? Like fa- uh, like some of the more famous farmers. I believe he's a relation. He, I don't think he's like in the father son range, but I'm I'm fairly certain he's you know. The, the, uh, in that with those links there it just occurred to me how stupid that question was you know just related to any random farmer <laughs> <Like> <laughs> just guys out in a paddock somewhere going, yes that's me there's uh, been a few farmers by <laughs> afl yes that's right uh moving on to essendon now guys uh i think this is uh edps's specialty uh they finished eighth uh david Zaharakis was delisted. Kale Hooker and Patrick Ambrose retired. Where do they? Uh, well, what do they need? Who do, who are they going to get? Well, um, I, I believe that they need a bit more. They still need a bit more midfield depth, not, but not just midfield depth, but uh, taller midfielders. I mean, the likes of Parrish, Shield, McGrath, and Merrick. I mean, they're all under 182 centimeters, so they're not the biggest and strongest types. I mean, you look at the the midfield of Melbourne where they've got Petrarca and and Oliver. You've got Port Adelaide with Wines and Boak and, and even the Doggies as well with Dunkley and Bonham Pally and McRae. They're all bigger midfielders. So Essendon needs to look look towards that. So someone like a Josh Goda, 
who is from the Calder Cannons, where you know that's kind of where Essendon's been linked to. And um, at, yeah, at that one ninety centimetre mark, and very athletic. I mean, he's right in Essendon's wheelhouse there. Um, Campbell Chess is another nice one I like. He's probably not that big, big inside mid, but he is a taller midfielder who's got a bit of versatility about him. Um, if not a midfielder, I still think they might need another good creative small forward as well. I mean, with the lack of Fantasio after he left, I mean, that's a hole that really needs to be filled to not have all the uh, all the pressure on McDonald, Tip and Woody. So someone like a Josh Rochelle would be really good there. And he can kind of play both, but Arlo Draper uh, as a forward mid and also as that taller midfielder as well, if he does go through there, he could also fit into that little bracket there. So... Um, there's been a bit of talk about whether they should, you know, they need more young key, f- uh, not young key forwards, but more key forwards. But there's enough young key forwards on Essendon's list at the moment. It's if they're going to look for one, they need to look for one who's going to be ready to go now. And um, you, you look at Jai Amos, and he is a, still a lighterish type of body, so he's not going to come in straight away and have an impact. And you never know in in the two or three years that he would be ready. I mean, Essendon have Harry Jones, who'll be starting to really get going. You've got Kane Baldwin and Josh Eyre as two they only just picked up as well. I mean, they've got enough there. They've just got to get get the right uh, development there with them. So um, another small defender is something they might look at as well. I mean, they've they've got Nick Hind there, offers some good run. But apart from that, they don't really have that much depth in that area as well. So, uh, But that might be something they'll look at a bit later on. And PM Bangers, you got any thoughts? Um, I mean, it, it'd be uh, pretty stupid of me to go against what EDF, EDPS said, but no, I, I do agree. And I think with the way that the game is trending, that we're seeing taller players all across the ground, then it's probably a good idea to um, start buying into that. Now, we did get some questions from the Big Footy Draft and Training Board on Essendon. Uh, Redmond was here, would like to know your thoughts on Rhett Bazo, Jacob Van Royen. Uh, Charlie Mullen, Kate Dittmar, Sam Butler or Ben Hobbs or apparently half the other draftees being possibly drafted by Essendon? <laughs> I, I think it's best if we address some of the um, lesser talked about ones yeah, here. I so, so. Um, I, I'll go with Kate Dittmar and leave uh, the others to EDPS. He watches a fair bit more than I do. So Dittmar's, uh, 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 we were talking about big body midfielders and I think um, it's hard to get more big bodied than Dittmar is. He's 186 and I think he's 88 kilos already. So, you know, he's got a bit of weight behind him and a bit of um, you know, really hard to stop when he gets up his speed. Um, you know, the, the question marks on him, are, you know, pretty stock standard ones for guys that play the style of game that he does. So he isn't the best athletically and his kicking can be suspect. I think that his kicking is a little bit better than you'd expect for a guy with his dimensions and role, but um, certainly the athleticism is a little bit of a concern and probably sees him slip into maybe the second half of the draft. Cool. Uh, Now, uh, Law would like to know if uh, Essendon should kind of look at acquiring points for next year, given they'll be looking at the Davy Twins. Um. Yes and and no, as in like you don't want to put all your eggs into one basket because it is kind of hard to know with the lack of football for a lot of the under seventeens now as well how how you would gauge them about where their you know draft range will be this early on. So what what they can always do is wait till next year and then gauge what 
will happen then, and then they can potentially trade, you know, to 2023 picks uh, uh, as well. So um, it, it's hard to kind of gauge there. They, they might do it, but it's not like uh, Essendon have many picks they've got this year that they can really move around. I mean, I, I would say pick 11 will definitely get used this year, and their other later picks are, you know, picks 40-something and 50-something. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be many clubs who would really want those picks and... That maybe one of those does get swapped depending on the amount of cuts Essendon use. But um, at, at this current stage, though, I think uh, Alwyn Davy Jr. is looking like a later first-round prospect. I mean, he's very exciting, and he got to play some really good games for Xavier College this year. And uh, his brother, Jaden, who's only just come, come back this year from an ACL, he got to do some really exciting things as well this year for Xavier College. So both of them are uh, very exciting talents, but this early out, it's really hard to see whether they will need those points or not. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. But um, but for one player that um, they've got for this year in terms of uh, potential points is Tex Wanganeen, who uh, also got to play for Xavier College a bit later in the year. And um, he didn't get invited to any of the combine, so it's probably unlikely that he does get a bid. But you, you never know. Um, Another one, Nawi Moore, who's the kid of Nathan Lovett Murray. Uh, he may still be choosing basketball as an option instead of football, but he's another uh, talented young player who could also get a bid this year as well. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Okay. Uh, now, Law would also like to know if uh, Naziah Wangan and Malira had any link to Essendon. And Law, I'm pleased to be able to answer this one for you. Uh, Gavin Wanganin is his uncle. Uh, and Terry Malira, who was drafted by GWS, uh, later played at St Kilda and is now at uh, Glenelg in the Sandville, is also his uh, father, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think that is right, yeah. is that uh, Terry is his father. And I was reading on the St Kilda board, uh, interestingly enough, actually, is that um, the age of Naziah means that Terry would have been 15 when he had Naziah, so a young dad scandalous how dare he uh we already touched on tex wanganine uh but in regards to the ngas and father-son stuff now he more what's his story yeah, yeah he was one i just talked about before as well the one who could um choose between basketball and football i mean it's looking probably likely from what i've heard that he might be choosing basketball so that'd be a shame because he did look pretty it looked to have some pretty good traits this year playing for bendigo but um at this stage, there's another two father-sons in uh, Josh Mercedes and Alex Hurd, but it's looking unlikely that they'll get taken this year. So I'd just like to point out that I'm not just a pretty face on this podcast. I did my own research for that Nazai Wanganine Malira one. Thank you. Now, <laughs> on to Sydney. And uh, just, you know, I'm not, not, not just being carried by these two guys. Um, Sydney, the Swans finished seventh after the finals. They haven't made any changes as of this afternoon. Uh, what do you think they need and what are they going to need to do? Um, yeah, so Sydney are an interesting one because I feel like they're two, I guess, most immediate list needs are, are probably a key defender and an inside midfielder. Um, so there's plenty of inside midfielders, but I think they're probably in a position where they can afford to maybe wait to address that. So I, I think that they should be looking to try and trade their first rounder into next year where um, there's going to be some really good players. But, I mean, that that's just my opinion. What do you think, Ed? 
Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one to say because um, they may be a little bit more unsure on where they'll probably finish next year and what players will be available. I mean, some of the midfielders I really like for next year's draft, they look like near guarantees to go in the top five. And although there are some good other midfielders, it's a bit harder to say if they definitely will be in that top end by the time, by, by this time next year. So, I mean, there, there's still some really good players that they could look at to address some needs. But um, they may even look to trade up in the draft as well to try and make sure they could potentially get someone like a Josh Kipkis who would certainly fit their uh, list demographic really well. All right, so we've got some questions here. Uh, with Sydney's main needs being hard to address, uh, should they trade up or move into next year? <laughs> yeah, jeez. Good one, me. Um, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> we've obviously um, both answered that one. So, uh, I mean, we can probably afford to go into a bit more detail just to, you know, because we haven't got much on Sydney. So um, when that. you talk about... Oh, sorry. Um, when you talk about trading into next year and, and particularly the first round, like some particular names to look out for, um, having watched some of the under-17s. So uh, a kid like Noah Long, who um, I know EDPS himself compared to uh, Caleb Sarong of sorts uh, when we watched him earlier in the year. So he could be a player that, that might be available around, um, you know, pick 10 uh, for next year. And, Elijah Hewitt from WA is a he's a bigger inside midfielder that has some skill, a little bit inconsistent, but he'd be another one that they could look at as well. So those are just two names, but I, I know that personally I'm pretty high on the talent for next year. And does Sydney go for uh, the GWS Academy's Josh Fahey? If, uh, just for the local factor? Um, yeah, so this is one that's been brought up on the GWS board recently. So I thought it'd be a, a nice point of discussion here. Um, so Josh Fay, for those who don't know, is uh, linked to GWS and is a Canberra local and a halfback and, and started the year pretty highly rated and he's drifted a little bit. Um, I think it really depends on what they lose in the trade period. So it looks likely that they'll lose George Hewitt and they might lose um, Dawson as well. So. I think Dawson being that, that good user of the footy off of half-back, that would sort of um, probably make them more inclined to bid on Josh. And given how close that top 30 is, they, they could very well uh, be seeing him as a best available type there. And lastly, the academy, Angus Anderson. What's his deal? Uh, I'll, I'll just jump in and say, from the little I've seen, so I hope EDPS can expand on this, is he's sort of um, a, a really, you know, he's a good inside mid and was a really big ball winner for the Swans Academy in the games he played this year. And, you know, he's probably just sort of lacking a little bit on the disposal side of things. But, yeah, EDPS can probably expand. Yeah, uh, I can't really expand too much on that. I think you've pretty much uh, described what, what I've seen of him. I mean... I haven't been able to go back and look at some of that uh, footage from, from Sydney yet. But, um, I mean, I did get to see it at the time, but it has been a little bit. So, uh, but what I can remember from him is pretty much what you said there. Good, good, tough player and maybe a little bit to work on the disposal, but there's definitely something there. And just before we move on, just without notice, but it is the question we've been asking pretty much every week at the moment. The, the under-19s and under-17s prep in New South Wales, how's that been affected by COVID? Um, just about the most of any other state this year because uh, they've had a, a bit of a longer uh, lockdown than us in Victoria at least. So 
I know that um, GWS, we had a couple of our 19-year-olds that are in our academy that have made the Allies squad. Um, they travelled with us in the hub and, and played in those practice games. So we've been able to keep a close eye on them through that. Um, I'm not sure if, if Sydney have done similar, but having, I guess, the last year they all played and, and got to be at the club a bit and there was the under-19s games that they have every year uh, between Sydney and GWS. Um, they had three of those at the start of this year. So the opportunity to show off their, their talents and, and prove their worth has been there, but they definitely haven't had a, a really good extended run at it, like, say, an SA or WA. So does this mean, like, the top 20 picks this year, they're all going to be WA and SA talent? Because <laughs> no you, one's you, seen anything else? You, you would think that, Um I think we'll start to see that more in next year's draft where the kids in next year's draft didn't have an under-16s or an under-17s full carnival to fall back on. So this year's kids got to play in uh, 20, would have been 2019 in the under-16s championships. So that's how coming into the year we knew guys like um, Josh Sin, for example, who hadn't played at Sandringham level but had played a little bit at school level and performed really well in the under 16s championships would be top prospects but for next year really for the vic kids especially all we've got to go on is um you know a couple of under 17s games against metro or country depending on where they uh where they live and if they were lucky enough to get a couple of natalie games that as well all right did you anyone else have anything to add no nope. all right so finally as always erasmus watch now, it's my mission in life, and you can blame PM Bangers for this now, because uh, it was his idea first. But we, uh, it's my mission in life now to get Neil Erasmus onto our podcast and have a chat. And I'm told he's been on other podcasts already, PM Bangers. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to say that you've done an excellent job with promoting the draft <laughs> cast as Neil Erasmus's <laughs> personal fan hour, because... How I found out he's been on other podcasts, just searched up his name on Spotify and he's been on a couple of others. But I reckon every single Draftcast episode has popped up as well after those episodes that he's done with other podcasts. So there's the little plug to, to those podcasts is if you are really interested to hear more about Neil Erasmus, then, um, you know, search his name in Spotify. But, you know, we're, we're hoping to get him on. We'll try and, and get him on between the grand final and draft night just so we can really pick his brains and find out what he thinks about being a big footy favourite. Because even though some of us on this podcast have begun to doubt uh, his <laughs> his quality, apparently, I, I yeah. would like to say that, that's that's a minority opinion on this podcast at the moment. <laughs> so. It's a really good opportunity for you to stitch me up, and I hadn't fully thought that through. <laughs> I make no apologies. Uh, on that note, we're going to call it a night, but thank you very much, EDPS, for coming on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to come on and hope for a few more uh, episodes to come on in the future. And thanks again, PM Bangers, for uh, letting me uh, ambush you. Pleasure yeah. as always. <laughs> and, uh, we'll catch you all next time on the Big Footy Draftcast. <laughs>